Hello and welcome to Grubbing in the Filth with me, Tom Sharp. One of the smuggest and more specific pleasures in the world is being able to speak with confidence about what an animal is taxonomically. Anyone who has won a five quid bet by knowing that a killer whale is actually a dolphin has tasted a heady brew and truly knows what it means to be alive. And there's a few other big hitters in this regard. Birds are dinosaurs, koala bears aren't bears, woodlice are crustaceans. It'll come as no surprise to anyone that harvestmen aren't men. What are they then? They're great fun because they fall outside of that circle of creatures which are common knowledge. And yet, everyone's probably seen a harvestman. If you're the kind of person who listens to an invertebrate podcast, there's a good chance you know what a harvestman is. An arachnid, an eight-legged arthropod. In the same little box as spiders, scorpions, mites and ticks. It's a great box. So we know it's an arachnid, but what is a harvestman exactly? I love this question, asked about any creature. It's a question that makes you notice things and become aware of subtleties you were previously unaware of. Given that harvestmen so closely resemble spiders, what is it that sets them apart? And you might well say, actually to you, they don't look all that much like spiders and you can tell a harvestman from a spider from looking at it. To which I'd say, yes. But can we qualify exactly how we are making that distinction? What is a harvestman? It's this question and many more which we get to ask today. After the musical break, we meet the fantastic Meg Skinner, a passionate arachnologist, harvestman fan and organiser of the British Arachnological Society's Harvestman Recording Scheme. In terms of my knowledge base, I've got very little to add this week, but Meg has a wealth of expertise and enthusiasm for these wonderful animals, and I feel so lucky to have been able to learn from her. As a little side note, I use the word charming to refer to harvestman an absolutely brutal amount in this episode. I do stand by it, but it does stand out listening back. Sorry. So joining me to discuss harvestmen today is Meg Skinner from the British Arachnological Society. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I've told you about my constrained settings here, but other than that, I'm all right and excited to talk about harvestmen. So can we start off? What has been your professional and your personal relationship with invertebrates then? So I think for me, um, as in the case with a lot of um, invert nerds, as I'm going to call them, invert nerds, um, it's very much the same story. You know, we started looking at bugs when we were children, as all children do. Uh, I was very lucky to grow up in the middle of the Cotswolds in the countryside, so I spent my childhood looking at bugs and never really grew out of it. Um, So that's always been a part of my life, looking at all sorts of invertebrates, finding out about their behaviour, about the way they move, what's out there. Um, And it's something that will keep me busy forever because you can never see everything. (laughs) There is all sorts to find in them. So with Harvestman being an area in which you've developed your expertise and Harvestman being animals you're enthusiastic about I wondered do you remember your first impression of harvestmen it was actually quite late um I think it's the same with a lot of people like harvestmen is they're everywhere and everyone has seen one if you show them a photo of a harvestman everyone knows what they look like and they sort of say you know oh that's a daddy long or that's a harvest spider I've seen one of those before but I don't think many people really acknowledge them unless you properly look at them closely I think that was the case with me um when I started university, I met somebody who was very much into beetles and learned about invertebrates that way, especially British invertebrates. And we'd go around essentially, you know, like bird watchers do and tick off lists of things that we'd seen and try and find out a little bit more about what was going on around us. 
So things like sieving through leaf litter, we find all sorts of weird and wonderful creepy crawlies um, and try and find out what they were, often looking at them under microscopes and hand lenses. And I think the first time I saw a harvestman under a hand lens, um, I mean, they're just bizarre. They are just bizarre, especially up close. And if you show somebody a photo of them up close, people don't know what they are. You know, It's a tiny little ball on sticks. And because their legs are so long, you don't really see what's on that little body segment. Um, and they've just got these strange little beady eyes on top of their head. A lot of them have funky markings on the back of them, um, loads of different combinations of spikes. And for me, it was kind of like, how does that thing live? <laughs> how does that have all the body parts and all the behavior mechanisms and everything in that one tiny little segment um, to keep them alive and keep them reproducing? And that's what I find so interesting about them. And they are just wonderfully weird um, and just unusual. In Britain, there's only about 30 species of them, so it's quite like an easy group to study. Um, and within that species group, they're really, really diverse. So there's quite a lot to find out about harvestmen. So when you say diverse, in, in what sense? So if we looked at all those harvestmen and we laid them out in a little, in a little tray, in what way would you qualify that diversity? Oh, good question. Um, so even within Britain, there's more arboreal species, which are the typical, you know, tiny body segment, huge long legs ones. Um, but also there's quite a lot of different species that people don't usually see. And they live uh, primarily at ground level, under leaf litter, under logs, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, they look quite spidery, but they've got much shorter legs in comparison to their body. Um, and a lot of them are really good at camouflage. They're quite small as well. So some of them do look like bits of moss and lichen. Some of them look like just bits of soil that have legs and move. Um, And that's all different life strategies as well as different appearances. So, yeah, lots to find out about them anyway. Well, we managed to make it five minutes in before the S word came up. So, (laughs) I mean, the the, the (laughs) the thing about harvestment, right? I mean, my first, my first kind of awareness of harvestment, I sort of knew the word, I think, but I remember being a, a kid during um I was doing my art GCSEs and it's that kind of time when you you're taking photos of things and trying to be artistic and trying to kind of I don't know I don't know if you did an art GCSE but it's very much I a did case yes of, so <laughs> that sounds like you, a great project <laughs> yeah well it's taking out a little silver digital camera remember the ones yeah and trying to take photos of of like I don't know, street light shadows and things but yeah. I took some photos of some I found some spiders on the on the, the wall outside my house quite a few of them which we'll get onto in a bit. Um, and took some photos of these 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 wise took to be spiders, kind of backlit by the by the streetlight, and th- then discovered shortly after these aren't spiders; these are these are harvestmen. But there is that understandable confusion between the two because they are both eight legged creatures. They both kind of they look they've got similar body plans, right? But they do when you know what you're looking at. They do have quite distinct bodies, and they do. They do look different in simple terms and from a taxonomical point of view. What is a harvestman? That's a very good question. Um, well, a lot of the time they are called harvest spiders as well, which is quite confusing. And like you said, they do very closely resemble spiders. Um, they, a lot of the time people want to know what sort of spider that is because I've looked in all my spider books and I don't know what it is. Um so they are arachnids like spiders, um, but they are their own little group. They don't spin webs and they don't produce silk in the same way that spiders do. Um, as a result, they're much less dependent on where they live. They kind of just move around, scavenging, predating, all sorts of things. We'll come on to that in a little bit. 
Um, but to look at, um, harvestmen have one body segment rather than two. So they are one big blob. Harvest, uh, spiders have like an abdomen and a cephalothorax, which is separate. They both do have eight legs. Uh, harvestmen generally have longer legs compared to their body. Um, and like I said earlier, they have two eyes rather than um, spiders that have usually eight, sometimes six eyes. So the body segment for me is, you know, the thing that you can look at quite easily um, and notice the difference between them. And that's consistent across all harvestmen. So like if you are, if you're out in the, wherever, outside your house looking at a wall and you see this thing that you think is that a spider, is that a harvestman, you can distinguish it relatively easily because the body is kind of, it's it's one uniform piece. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I mean, they are split up into segments, but to look at, they look like one segment. Um, also mating strategies are slightly different. So there is a little bit of differences between male and female harvestmen, but not quite the same as spiders. So spiders, the females have really big abdomens and big bodies and the males are much, much smaller. And they have these big, um, structures called palps on the front of their body. They look like tiny little boxing gloves and they use those for mating. Um, harvestmen do look a little bit different between males and females. The females are much more oval shaped. They're slightly larger, but there's not as much of a difference. And they don't mate in the same way as spiders do. So they don't have these modified palps on the males. The males actually have penises, which is quite unusual for arachnids. Right. Um, and usually they're about almost the size of their body length. They're absolutely massive. Um, Fair play at them. And they mate in different ways to spiders. So they'll sometimes, you know, mate face to face or sometimes belly to belly. Um, and in a slightly different way, the females don't tend to eat the males afterwards, which I know happens with some other invertebrates. Um, it's so a much yeah, more civilised setup, then. <laughs> you could say that, yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about mating then. Like, I mean, again, I don't know much about harvestmen. So my understanding of harvestmen is kind of based on what I reckon, which is based on what I know about spiders. And, and it sounds like there are some, some, quite, some quite meaningful distinctions then. What is the, the life cycle of a harvestman? So, yeah, it's the same as quite a lot of invertebrates. Uh, they lay eggs. They have ovipositors, the females, to lay eggs. Um, this is like sort of a tube-like structure that they'll um, usually try and lay the eggs under soil or under bits of bark or, you know, tucked away in somewhere dark and moist. The eggs will hatch out. Most of them will hatch out um, in the early spring and they will mature over the summer become sexually mature towards the end of the summer and the autumn, which is why they're called harvestmen, um, because they are around more an adult size in the harvest sort of season. Um, some of them will overwinter as youngsters and some of them will just lay eggs in the autumn and then the eggs will hatch out again in the spring. They are quite different between different species there and not all of them have this same timing, but they do have the same life cycle. There's also one species in Britain, which is my personal favourite and quite a few people's favourite, called Megabonus diadema. She, I say she eat because most of the population are females. They can reproduce without mating if they want to. Um, so you do come across males in the population, but they're quite few and far between. Right. So that's quite interesting. That's it's not mega- something that you find in all species. Mega, she, so I'm looking at a picture of Megabunus diadema. She is yeah. quite, I'm saying she as well. Um, <laughs> she's quite compared to the harvestman I know about and that I've kind of seen on a more regular basis, she's quite hefty in the middle, right? But yeah. has a, a very, very nice, from from the photo, it almost looks like 
actually, do you know what? This is why it's called diadema, right? Because it's got a kind of crown arrangement. Exactly, yeah. Um, sometimes called the crowned harvestman. They're very, very spiky. And they have all these spikes around the, their eyes, which is on like a little turret at the top. Um, I definitely recommend having a look at the photos. They're really well camouflaged as well. So if you do find them in the field, it's usually in like mossy woodlands or under logs. And they're quite obscure. Until they move, it's really hard to see them because of these markings that they have on their back. So they're well camouflaged in like lichens and mosses and things. Um, and again, very, very spiky all over, which you find in quite a lot of species. Really? So from the side angle, the, the kind of that, that crown on the half, it looks more, I mistook it at first for like a, an eyelash above the eye. Yeah, it does look like eyelashes, quite... like very, very large yeah. fake eyelashes. So yeah. Yeah. Well, they're very bonny. <laughs> so harvest, I know there is some, some, uh, again, I don't want to linger on the spider thing because it is like this, this tedious thing that I'm sure that you are confronted with constantly. But I know there is some distinction in the in the mouth parts between harvestmen and spiders, right? Would you be okay just to explain that a little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, so spiders tend to, you know, lure things into the webs or some of them are ambush predators. They'll suck up liquid food. So they'll slip in a different way to how harvestmen feed. Harvestmen will they eat just about everything, really. They are scavengers. They don't rely on drawing in prey. And they'll eat all sorts of things from, say, other harvestmen to carrion. They'll sometimes predate other invertebrates like springtails. Um, they've also been observed to feed on fungi and like dead fruit. So they really do eat just about everything. Nice. And their mouth parts are a little bit more like crabs. So in between these palps, which is these tiny sets of legs between their front two legs, they've got what's called chelicerae. And these are like tiny little crabs claws. They've got two of those and they use those to like rip chunks off of their prey and pass it into their mouth, much in the same way that crabs do. So they'll eat solid food, which is quite different to spiders. They don't obviously wrap everything in silk and liquidize it either. So, If you're enjoying Grubbing in the Filth, come and wallow with me in the horrendous world of social media. You can follow Grubbing in the Filth on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, it's at Grubbing in the Filth. And on Twitter, it's at GITF Podcast. You can also email grubbinginthefilth at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you, whether it's your own perspective, to share a story, a photo, or what have you. Another really interesting behaviour I've seen with harvestmen is that they do this interesting thing where, I mean, maybe not all of them, maybe it's just the ones I'm thinking of. These, The ones I'm thinking of, I'm sure these, I guess, they're kind of quite common ones. What I've seen them do is that they sort of sit flat to the wall with their legs completely splayed out. They almost look like they've been smashed in place what yeah i know exactly the one you're talking about <laughs> right. they look like they're doing the splits yes yes exactly um, they've got four legs on one pointing one way and four legs painting facing exactly the opposite like way that, yeah um and that group is called dicranopalpus that's probably dicranopalpus ramosus it's um quite a large species it's the one that people send me photos of and think what on earth is this thing is it a spider what what is it what is it doing um, and they do stand out as well because their palps are very forked. So they look like they're holding two barbecue tongs at the front of their body. They're really, really weird looking. But this um, legs out to the side thing is no one really knows where they do it, but it's thought that it's like to conceal them and camouflage them a little bit better. So it doesn't really work well if you're looking on at them on a wall. But if you imagine them on like a tree trunk, or a bit of vegetation, like a blade of grass or something, um, it potentially could conceal them a little bit better than having the, all, all their legs splayed out in one go. Um, you'll also notice that a lot of harvestmen, pretty much all harvestmen actually, the second pair of legs, so the second pair from the front end, 
um, are slightly longer than the rest. And as they're walking, you'll notice that they tap them on the ground as they walk. They don't really walk on them. They kind of use them like as feelers, a bit like antennae on insects. Um, and that is to find food and to find where they're going, because their eyesight is really based on movement or light and dark. Um, and their sense of smell isn't as great as we think. So I think um, to actually find the food that they want to eat, a lot of the time they have to touch their legs onto it before they can really find it. They're not very good at following a trail to the food. So those pair of legs, you know, are pretty useless for walking, but they are very useful for finding their way around and for sensing their prey. As hunters, do harvestmen, I mean, are these sort of chancing upon things that can't run away? Are, are these, what is the hunting strategy for these animals? Um, good question. I think it's more ambush and right. opportunistic. So if they come across something, they can predate it and eat it. It's not as though spiders where they're kind of waiting around and luring them in somehow. Um, I don't say, think yeah. they're very good at chasing things. If, you know, uh, say like a wolf stalking its prey or something, they'll go and chase it and follow it around. Um, it's more if there's something there and they'll eat it, then they can which is, again, why they're not very fussy, because they can't really afford to be, otherwise they wouldn't eat anything. Um, um, some harvestmen also have underneath their palps, so their palps fold outwards like another pair of legs. Um, and on the inside of them, they have these really long spikes on certain species. So sometimes they'll use that in sort of the same way as a praying mantis does. You know, they've got those spring-loaded legs at the front that kind of grab stuff and pull it in towards them. Um, and they can impale them on these spikes or they can sort of trap them like a kind of cage and then sit there and munch away at them. So that's another way that they might catch their prey. Lovely. Thinking back to those harvestmen, to be honest, this, it feels like quite a... Um, this memory I've described to you of photographing harvestmen outside the house back in GCSA yard. It feels like quite a formative little memory now that I'm kind of lingering on it and one thing that occurs to me is that the harvestmen there was lots of them and not to use the s word again but spiders i know are maybe the s word is solitary spiders are quite solitary creatures so harvestmen appear to have a, a distinction in that sense and i've known that i've seen lots of videos and things of harvestmen in these enormous congregations that they almost look like i don't know like they almost look like mold on a building or something because they are gathered in such dense clumps and things and when they disturb they'll they'll burst out in all directions. So harvestmen appear to have some kind of aggregating behaviour, right? The harvestmen have any kind of sociality that we know about? Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's something that we don't usually see a lot of in the UK. Um, there is one species that's recently turned up that uh, does kind of aggregate in large groups, but it's not something that we see amazingly well. Um, it generally tends to be on videos of people saying, ah, what the hell is this? I wish this wasn't course, in my house. Yeah. This is horrible. This is terrifying. Look at all these weird creatures <laughs> usually saying that that's why it is. Um, it is a very strange sight. And a lot of the time it's just this massive, massive cluster of millions of legs. And, you know, you poke one on one end of it and there's a whole wave going across them because they sort of alarm it's like an alarm signal. Um, one of them moves and then they all move in a big wave. Um, there's a few different theories behind this. No one really knows for sure why they do it. There was one theory that it could be um, in like tropical countries or hot countries. It could help maintain the humidity and good conditions within them. Not amazingly supported. There is a theory that it helps them to find mates because, you know, if you hang around together, then you're going to, have lots of options there um but there doesn't seem to be much 
movement when they aggregate like this they kind of just sit there they don't really court they don't really mate um and people have observed them kind of going off in groups if a male's really persistent with a female um she might just wander out of the group and tuck away in the corner of somewhere else to go and mate so it doesn't seem to be that but it's i guess they have options there i think the main theory is that it's predator avoidance so it's literally just safety in numbers you know if a predator comes along and tries to have a munch then it's probably not going to get you because there's a million of your mates there so it's probably going to get one of those instead but yeah it's something that we really don't know um but it is an amazing sight to see and there was an aggregation of about 700,000 individuals that was recorded on a cactus in Mexico and you just just visualize how many legs that would be it's something else to see yeah someone quicker than me could do the maths I mean you've mentioned that like you get these videos with of the people's houses and stuff where people are kicking off and, and, and frightened and stuff. And yeah. whilst, you know, we are not scared of housemen and, and rightly so, right? Because they, they can't hurt us. No, there is that weird myth, isn't there, that they can have more venom to kill a person, but they can't bite you because of their mouth bottles. I don't know where that's come from or what's that based on, but it's not the case with housemen. You know what? Let's, know let's what people that very quickly. Growing up, what did you call a daddy long legs? So daddy long legs issue. I... Yeah, cause this is cause <laughs> the, the, the line is always that daddy long legs have more venom than anything else. But when we talk, yeah. when we use that phrase, yeah, I, so, I got this all muddled up because there's different animals, right? <laughs> so if I talk to people, if I mention about a harvestman to somebody, they'll say, "Is that a daddy long legs?" I'm like, well, mm. some people call them daddy long legs, but daddy long legs also refers to cellar spiders like those little tiny spindly ones that you get in the corner yeah. of your living room um and some people call crane flies daddy long legs understand that's, so. that's what i think yeah the ones with the wings and they've got six legs but they do yeah. have very very long legs i think that's what i grew up with so it is a bit confusing because there's three completely different groups there's two groups of arachnids and one insect um and it's not really something that i would ever call them because it's confusing and it doesn't relate to that Sure. that group specifically and, and it's a nonsense right the thing about the venom it's just so they're certainly not going to yeah. hurt you but I was going to I was thinking about these aggregations that like you say we don't really have in, in the UK so much apart from like a fistful on a wall or whatever but you say that people find it scary and understandably people you know I don't want thousands of housemen in my house I think that's reasonable but you yeah. as someone who, who who likes housemen whilst I'm sure you don't want that many in your house oh I don't know I, <laughs> well okay so I like insects and I like invertebrates and, and all these things. But as someone who doesn't work with them, I don't like picking up invertebrates. I, yeah. Beetles and things, fine. But spiders and harvestmen and kind of leggier things, yeah. I think because of their fragility and also okay. because of the suddenness of their movement, right, I'm, I'm wary of that and I don't want to do it. And I don't want to hurt them, obviously, but I'm not. There is, even though I sort of, I would count myself as someone who's quite, I don't want to use the word mature, but I, I, I like these animals. I'm not, I'm, I'm not frightened of them. There is still that wariness in me. And I wondered, as someone who presumably does have to pick up harvestmen and things as part of research projects and stuff like that, did you have to kind of learn to be okay with that? Uh, so I think, I think people are conditioned to be wary or afraid of long legs on you know, it's, it's like the spider episode that you sure. did. People are talking about phobia of spiders. It's conditioned into us. Um, and I can understand why people would find, you know, aggregations or harvestmen a bit 
daunting because it's you know it's weird it's alien it's it's all of these legs and they're moving in erratic ways and they do move in really really strange ways um harvestmen also have a defense mechanism where they will drop their legs if they get grabbed by something so their legs fall off really really easily and that's so you know if a predator grabs their legs um the harvestman can run away and the predator can eat the leg and you know they don't grow back but they can still survive quite well there was a study done seeing how many legs they can survive with and apparently they can still walk and function perfectly well on three legs so they've got a it's a bit like cats nine lives you know they've got all those chances um so i don't personally pick them up if i can help it um especially by their legs you can some people can pick them up with three or four legs at once which means that they don't drop them as much but i still don't really want to there's there's no need to pick them up you know you can photograph them usually perfectly well leaving them on the field or on the wall or whatever um if you need a closer look you can always get a jam jar and sort of coax them into a jam jar or like a pillowcase or a bag or something and just have a closer look that way because they are so fragile like you said um and they just they just fall apart very easily (laughs) um but yeah, it's it's something that people are a bit wary of. Um, you won't usually get harvestmen in the house unless it's like an outbuilding or something. Um, a lot of them have evolved to live in kind of cave-like structures, especially something mm. that we might find coming over from different countries. Um, so you might find them, you know, in old sheds or on, on walls or kind of outhouses of old buildings and things. But they generally won't come in the house because it's too dry and it's not humid enough and it's quite light if you put the lights on all the time um so i don't think it's anything really to be worried about but i can understand if people want to pick them up and move them outside that's fair enough you can now make donations to help offset the running costs of this podcast if you're enjoying grubbing the filth i want to make a donation like a benevolent victorian you can do so at buymeacoffee.com slash grubbingcast or you can also write a brief message if you so wish any donations are truly appreciated thank you We talked a bit about about that daddy long legs thing and that and that confusion. And before we started recording, I asked you about because the um, the scientific term for harvestman is, and again, my pronunciations because we only ever see these words written down. Um, apilion. Yep, apilions or apilioners. Harvestman as a term is is quite gendered. I mean, it, it's it's very gendered. It, it's right there in the name, the harvestman, and that is perhaps a little bit unfair and it's it's obviously it's not meant to be scientific but they have lots and lots of colloquial names around the world and harvestman harvestman i think is a really nice name it's really kind of evocative and it's got a certain rural menace to it i i, I really like the word harvestman i think it's yeah. really charming <laughs> but it is they're not all they're not all lads in fact quite the opposite you've pointed out and i wondered like is there a name you prefer that you've come across is there a name that you would if you could rebrand harvestman that you would choose to go with? Um, I mean, there's, like you said, there's a lot of colloquial names um, and a lot of kind of myths around them. I think over many years, people have been out in the fields farming when harvestmen are around. So obviously, mm. you know, they're called harvestmen because they come out in the harvest time. Um, the name Apilions actually come from Apilio, which derives from shepherd. I think it's a Latin name for shepherd. Because um, okay. a lot of shepherds, many years ago, used to use stilts to wander around and check on their flock because they could see for miles on these stilts and obviously uh, harvestmen look like they're on stilts. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, it's a good question. I think personally, I don't think it matters too much. I know it is a gendered name. If people could learn Apillions, that would be great. Um, you can also call them Harvest Women or Harvest Children. <laughs> I know somebody who calls, calls all the youngsters Harvest Children. And I think that's quite charming, really. You know, if it's got a big oval-shaped body, it could be a Harvest Woman. A but I think name. it's it's difficult enough trying to get people to learn the name Harvest Women in the first place. And it's, it's a name that we're familiar with. Um, sure. And I think teaching a new name or making up a new name potentially would be quite confusing. You know, Harvest... Harvest spiders isn't accurate because they're not spiders. Harvest people, they're not people. <laughs> Harvest arachnids like doesn't really people. roll off your tongue very well. So, no. um, well, yeah, I, think, I think, I mean, related to harvest, in some countries, is it, is it states, they call them reapers? Yeah. Okay, I've never heard, which is, again, it's got a certain menace to it, reaper. Yeah, or like weavers, I think. There's something like hay weavers or hay wagons. Right, because weaver, um, immediately I'm thinking, well, that's not working. Because <laughs> these aren't still producing creatures. No. In Spain, where I am now, in Spain, the um, I've never heard anyone say this. I've only ever read it, so it may just be nonsense. But apparently, over here, they're called Pedros. Okay. Um, which I think is a charming name because because of a relationship with Saint Peter. Oh right. So, so if we want to translate that over, how would you feel about calling them Peters? Peters. Yeah, <laughs> that could work. Um, so this episode can be called. But- can be called. Peter's with Mexican. <laughs> but then, who's Peter? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I love all these old names for them, and I love where they've come from. And you can tell that they've been a part of our society for so long in so many different mm. countries. Um, you know, everyone knows them. Everyone's familiar with them. People have anecdotes about them. People have myths about them that they've heard. You know, and it's one of those groups that is, again, like you said, overlooked, but it's something familiar to everyone in some kind of roundabout way, you know. Um and in recent years, there have been quite a few um, like new species to Britain, which have come nice. over from places like Italy and uh, like uh, continental Europe. And a few of these are very large and becoming much more persistent in the winter. So we see them a lot more, um, especially in people's gardens and on walls and things. So it may well be that people are going to see more and more of them, especially these large species that congregate on walls and will persist into colder weather as well give it, well speaking of keeping an eye out given that they are kind of would it be fair to say they're on the rise in in britain at least um <sighs> good question but given that they are there's a lot of them about um and given that they are, we have this awareness of this burgeoning awareness that we want to encourage could you tell us a little bit about the harvestman recording scheme yeah of course so i yeah i've been running the scheme for a couple of years now it's part of the British Arachnological Society, as I mentioned before. Um, and we are a charity run completely by volunteers, which uh, the aims of the charity is to like educate people about arachnids, raise awareness, promote study of arachnids. Uh, we maintain databases of people's records. We have um, a jazzy website with uh, lots of fact sheets and information about them. We send out a newsletter to our members if you do want to become a member have a look on the website um newsletter and a journal article as well uh, to tell people all about you know what's going on in the world of arachnids and there is a lot going on um and more recently we've started a youtube channel so there's a few videos about recording there's quite a few harvestman ones on there and there will be more um so i think like my job as part of that role is partly to get people looking at harvestman and get 
dismiss this bell and get people to know more about them, uh, raise awareness of them. And I think like lockdown has been really good for that. There's been quite a few people connecting with whatever's in their garden um, and finding nice. a little bit more about what's on their doorstep. So like these, you know, newer species that have come in the past few years, um, we're finding a lot more out about them and it might, it might be that they're more common or it might be that they're more commonly recorded because it is still quite an under-recorded group of species and it's something that we don't know a huge amount about, especially their behaviour. Um, and I have people sending me videos of them, you know, dragging a worm along and we're like, oh, they eat worms and that worm's like oh, wow. 10 times the size of the harvestman. That's quite interesting behaviour to see. And there's loads of these like really anecdotal observations that are coming in um, through this recording scheme, um, which is really interesting. I think people are nowadays much more engaged with, the wildlife that's on their doorstep and especially people that have kids you know they'll go out and <laughs> come to workshops and things and you end up telling the parents about them as well as the kids uh people just have this like affinity for them because they always see them they don't know anything about them and they are weird and wonderful and interesting but they're everywhere and if you really look for them they really really are everywhere yeah i mean that's you, you sort of you said at the start that your your interest came from being a child i think most people's does right very few people come to invertebrates later on because of that because of their just sort of presence in the world that we sort of some people learn to shut out as they get older um and I don't know if it's if, if it's because I'm interested in these things or because I work with children or, or what it is but I feel I do feel like there is a kind of a growing a growing interest in the natural world one could argue as it sort of must be depressing but as it takes a bit of a hammering in terms of the environment and things like that but there does yeah. appear to be a a developing interest in wild spaces and in being outdoors and, and all these things is kind of a pushback against yeah. a kind of a perceived lack of that. So if, if people want to kind of involve themselves in the Harvestman recording scheme, is it just a case of um, writing in or taking a photo or filling in a survey or something like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, there's definitely much more interest. I mean, look at what's happened with bumblebees and honeybees. Like people yeah. love bees nowadays and it's become really popular. Um We've like the past few years because of lockdown, um, I've tried to take all this kind of recording and awareness and chatting to people and things online. So there's I've got a very active Twitter account, British Spiders at British Spiders, um, and a Facebook page as well called UK Harvestman. And people have just been emailing, sharing photos, and it's a really like instant way of sharing mm. photographs and observations, you know, it's there on the same day that you've seen it. Um but anyone who wants to get involved with the scheme, you can find us on the BAS website or on the newsletter if you're a BAS member. Um, there is a little bit more information about how the recording scheme works and what we do. Um, and I'd encourage anyone to get in touch in any way possible, you know, social media, emails, write me a letter, send me a pigeon. <laughs> I'd love to hear anything about what anyone has to offer. Um, if you're interested in submitting biological records, um, this is something that I am responsible for collating and updating and verifying. So I work with quite a few recorders and like local organisers to verify people's records, give them a little bit of advice on uh, how to identify certain species, get involved. I take records through either directly through you know emails and things, but mostly from iRecord, which is a fantastic website and app, which I think quite a lot of people are using nowadays. And Harvestmen are 
quite a good group to study because there's around 30 species um, and a lot of them can be identified just from decent photographs. So if you do want to submit any records, you can do that directly. You can add a photo to it, send it off um, and I'll get that verified for you. And just, you know, if you want to write a comment asking about anything about them, then please let me know. And all those records will be added to the database and they can be used for scientific studies. They can be used for mapping species distributions and because harvestmen are such good dispersers and they're so mobile they're really good study subjects for things like climate change or um, habitat changes or like invasive species because they get about and they colonize areas so quickly which is why these these new potentially invasive species we don't really know yet these new species that have come over from other countries are spreading really really quickly around the UK and it's it makes it an interesting study subject in a roundabout kind of way because we've got new things going on. And, you know, in the past five years, we've had about three or four, you know, new species to Britain. And at the same time, some British ones are declining, um, which is potentially a little bit depressing, but quite interesting at the same time. Um, they are a very good study subject. One wonders if, if presumably as, as a recordist, you have this kind of issue of, is it a new species or is it a species that hasn't been noticed before and things like that? Yeah, Which you're exactly. kind of trying to come up against. Yeah. But at the same time, you're still finding out about them all the time. Um, I mean, there's one species, like, it's it's as yet unnamed. It's been found in the Netherlands and different parts of Europe and also in Britain a few years ago. It's very large. It's almost the size of my face. <laughs> it's like a big black. It's got like a sort of green sheen to it as well so so far it's called laburnum species a because it hasn't been taxonomically classified and we don't know where it's come from but that is one that forms aggregations of big groups um and it's something that we don't really see in britain so i think that one has piqued a lot of people's interest because it's so big so distinctive mm. and so unusual we um, should say um, presumably i'm not barking the wrong tree here but when you say size your face we're counting the legs there right yeah, <laughs> that would be terrifying. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, it'd be the size. Of <laughs> yeah, they have really, really long legs. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned when you were talking about the, the the survey that the was the website British Spiders. <laughs> the Twitter handle is British Spiders. The Twitter handle is British Spiders. Well, it is the British Ratological Society. We cover spiders. Harvestmen and pseudoscorpions, but right. for because that's quite a mouthful. We've gone for mm-hmm. British spiders for now, and hope that people understand that it's not just spiders. But I can, I can, we cover spiders too. I can see the logic of it. I yeah. mean, what is your? We we we've said like spiders, obviously spiders and harvestmen. There's a, there's a clear confusion among the general public, and I kind of wonder what you made of that in terms of do you. Do you resent spiders or do you? No, are you, of course not. Spiders? Or do you feel <laughs> I love like... spiders as well. Um, okay. Yeah, I understand what you mean. It's, I am constantly telling people that they're not spiders, that they are similar to spiders, but they're not spiders of their own group. But it's okay because a lot of people, if they want to find out more about spiders, then they'll harvest one or go with that and vice versa. You know, if people will understand that they're different groups, but. Um, they are well associated and I think you can extrapolate a lot of what you know about spiders onto harvestmen. Not everything, but then that makes it more surprising because you find out, oh, they they look like spiders, but they actually don't spin webs um, and things like that. So no, I don't resent spiders at all. I love spiders as well and they're a great study subject. They're really interesting and um, yeah, it's a good chance to, for people to get to know both groups. 
you know it doesn't have to be one or the other and you can study both groups and find out and when people are do. when people are dedicated to spiders I mean people sort of are you know some people are really into spiders right but when mm-hmm. people are into spiders is there any part of you that thinks it's a bit basic isn't it <laughs> no, of course not <laughs> um, I mean I was into spiders before I was in Darwin so <laughs> right. um, no I think they're both very different and harvestment for me if people are studying it it studying invertebrates in general say i don't know beetles or flies or half uh, spiders or whatever harvestmen are a nice little side group to put on the side you know if you're at the end of the summer all the beetles have been and gone and you want something to look at you know there's about 30 species of harvestmen mm-hmm. go and look at them as well as the spiders <laughs> um, yes, well, a lot of the time they're more obvious as well you know right before all those um garden cross spiders come in at the autumn just before then harvestmen will like lead you into it <laughs> right they're a nice little uh kind of starter course yeah um, definitely thank you so much thanks for speaking to me about harvestmen they are i, I think they're charming maybe i'm being patronizing <laughs> yeah. towards them but they no, there is him. something quite there is something quite because they the ones i've seen are quite um i think it's kind of the visibility of the eyes they've got quite yeah quite obvious eyes some of them yeah and they come in a pair and i think that there's something about that that makes them quite Compared to a spider, which has a certain, people say it all the time, but the spiders are quite otherworldly, right? They're a bit alien. Yeah, definitely. There's something quite cheerful about a spider, about a, about a harvestman. Yeah, so, and to watch them, you know, try and navigate on those giant legs. <laughs> they're a bit it's kind fantastic. of clumsy and bumbly, but um, yeah, I think there is a charm to them. And I think people, everyone will have their own opinion on what they like about them. You know, I, I, I can say I like harvestmen. I don't. I don't know what it is I like about them. They're just unusual. They're just odd and they're just interesting. You know? mm-hmm. So, is there a certain yeah. is there a certain pleasure in being invested in an animal that has a cert, that is a bit obscure? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, just because you're finding stuff out all the time, um, yeah. and I like talking to people about it when they don't know anything about it, getting people interested in them because I just yeah I just like to talk about them all the time. <laughs> Any excuse. <laughs> Well, that's the, that's the kind of the question I wanted to end on. And it's a, it's a question that I've asked other people. I haven't actually prepared you for this question because I forgot to. But, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh, but harvestmen are a, a speak, uh, an order that have been historically kind of understudied and that there's a lot we don't know a lot about. And I was wondering, in the study of harvestmen, is there anything that kind of, if you could wave a magic wand and, and discover or like a, a harvestman mystery that you could unravel just instantly. Is there any kind of thing that you you've always wondered or that you that you wish you had more insight into? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think more about their behaviour. So in particular, um there are there have been some casual observations with like tropical harvestmen in um, you know, like Ecuador region, um, where they've been observed to take care of their eggs because they don't have long over predators they lay their eggs out in the open and they will sit there and tend their eggs and um there has been a little bit of observation about other maternal care with males and females so i think a little bit more about that and how do they interact with their young is that quite common amongst them um and just sort of like the underground bits that we never see like egg laying you'd never really observe them egg laying um what different factors do they consider when they're laying their eggs or do they just go for some moist dark place um and yeah just a bit more about their behavior courtship as well there is one species 
um, in Britain that the males have really long sort of like horn-like projections on the front of their bodies and they use them to wrestle other males when they're mating to see, you know, who flips them on their back, then they can win the mate. Um, and just like little bits like that, like what do they do with their lives? How do they live? And do they all do that? Are they all different? Um, so any anything behavioural I find really interesting. And it's, you know, it's relatively simple species considerably. People don't think that they have these complex behaviours or they don't really know anything. They probably just lay eggs and eat and then die. But it's much more to that. And I think mm. that's the most interesting bit is the not knowing. You know, we're going to find out about these things all the time just by looking of at course. them. Of so, course. Well, yeah. as as time passes and, and as we do learn more, hope that we're to answer some of those questions. Um, Meg, thank you so much for sharing the half with me. It's a, yeah, like thank you for having a, me. A charming creature. No, of course, it, it, a complete pleasure. And um, you're off to a arachnological, that word always plays on me, arachnological <laughs> yeah. um, meeting today. So I hope you get yes. plenty of chances to fly the flag for Harvestman there. Yeah, and, of course. Um, Can discuss what we're going to get up to this year. So that's quite exciting. <laughs> wonderful. Well, thank you so much again and, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you, Dave. Rubbing in the Filth was written and produced by me, Tom Sharp, with music by Will Hatton. My thanks again to Meg Skinner. You can find Grubbing in the Filth on Twitter at GITF Podcast or on Instagram at Grubbing in the Filth. You can also email grubbinginthefilth at gmail.com. Thank you.